0: The Eat Yourself Better podcast is brought to you Today
1: on the Eat Yourself Better podcast.
2: We went over to New Zealand to do this biking gang-related film called Savage and they asked me to put weight on, so I put on about 20 kilos for that. (laughs) So (laughs) Home and Away weren't (laughs) too impressed when I came back and I was, um, you know, twice the size as I was when I left.
1: It's Aussie actor Jake Ryan, star of Underbelly, Wentworth and Home and Away. I'm Jimmy Rees and Kate Save and I caught up with Jake. Here's how it went.
2: Welcome, Jake. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Thanks for having me on. Good to chat to you guys. Good to awesome. chat to someone.
1: <laughs> Hi! <laughs> Give us a brief overview of your life. At the moment, you've got a six-month-old baby. You know, that's and uh, that's an isolation in itself, having a, a newborn. Um, but you're yeah. right, You are locked inside. <laughs> we have been for the last uh, a couple of months. How's that going?
2: Look, it's it, to be honest. It's I was we were sort of having a laugh me and my partner the other day because it hasn't really um, isolation hasn't really changed much for us. <laughs> because anyone that's got a newborn knows that you're, you're pretty much in lockdown. You know, a month or two before birth, and then yeah. the first six months. So I mean, it is. Um, I mean, we we moved interstate actually a few months, or t- probably a month ago now, just to get some a bit more space and get out of Sydney for a while while the madness is on. So that's sort of been a bit of a hurdle, but, um, you know, we've sort of got a bit more space now and it's Got a backyard for the dog and oh, that's good. so it's it doesn't feel as apart from having visitors and seeing sort of mates and stuff, it's um it's been quite nice you know too, to just to have for the little fella to have us around twenty four seven. I mean he loves it, so yeah um, I don't know how it's gonna go down when we, you know we go back to work and he realizes <laughs> that it's, it's uh you know, we can't be there all the time. Oh I'm uh, I've heard that well.
0: too. That that fear of coming out of ISIL it was scary going in, but it's just as scary going out, isn't it? It's a new norm being taken away from us.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think maybe an actor sort of prepares you for times like this because in between jobs, you do spend a lot of time at home sort of twiddling your thumbs and, you know, coming up with ways to fill your day. So I've had a good 10 years of preparation for isolation. So.
1: <laughs> That's good. Well, look, uh, here on the here on the show, we, t- we talk about your, your daily routines, uh, what you're putting in your body, uh, food-wise, um, your routines on how to, if you're keeping fit it, what exercise you do now? A lot of people would know you from being on uh, the classic uh, Seven Network soap opera Home and Away, um, and there, you know, when you think Home and Away, you think sunny beaches and yeah, and and running and men and women running up and down the beach, <laughs> looking all trim. <laughs> Uh, were you a fit guy? Um, you know, going into that role, you uh, you look like you've always kept fit and and healthy. Uh, what was it like then being on the TV and going, right, mate? You're going to have to be coming out of the surf almost every episode and give us showing your guns.
2: Yeah, it was. To be honest, it was pretty terrifying because <laughs> um, you, and, I and away fans are great and they're the most supportive and loyal going around. But they also not afraid to get stuck into you for, for carrying a few extra kilos. So. <laughs> I mean, I was lucky. I had about eight weeks. I got the job about eight weeks before I started. So it gave me a good amount of time. And I I went pretty crazy. And I think I dropped nearly 10 kilos. And I I come from a fighting background. So I sort of making weight for competitions was something that was part of my life. So it was just adapting back into that. But I, I think I kind of shot myself in the foot because I was actually got really fit and lean and quite slim for when I started. And then to maintain that for two and a half years was it was a bit of a challenge and I had a film uh New Zealand film I had time off for halfway through it and I went over to New Zealand to do this bikey gang related film called Savage and they asked me to put weight on so I put on about 20 kilos for that <laughs> so <laughs> home and away weren't too impressed when I came back and I was um, you know twice the size as I was when I left but you know I mean
0: <laughs> Love to know what did you
2: do to gain twenty kilos? Take us through oh, that. <laughs> twenty kilo. I mean, to be honest, it was a lot easier than it is to get off. Yeah, right. Um, I and mean, then I was doing a lot of weight training.
0: Yep.
2: You no know, cardio, mm-hmm. uh, where normally yep. I sort of, um, I have sort of, I have a, I, I've been needing to get a second reconstruction for about two and a half years now. So, my cardio, even before that, I, I was, I'd walk a lot. Um, we were living in Bondi at the time, so you sort of you don't really drive anywhere, you're walking everywhere, so you're quite active. so I just have to make a conscious effort of not walking anywhere as well. Wow. Um, I was eating a lot, I think I was up to about four thousand calories a day minimum. Wow. Um, but like you'd go to the gym and, you'd come home and have have your protein shakes and all that kind of bizzo. But then, you know, you'd have to have two bowls of pasta, which I I, I really quite like the process of putting it on. But, <laughs> so I mean,
0: did you junk food load or it sounds no, pretty healthy? Your weight training? It
2: and yeah, I, I tried to do it so it was, I didn't want to just load up on junk because I needed the size as well, not just to get sort of fat, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So I needed to keep the size and, um, yeah, I tried to do it. As, I mean, like you'd be eating instead of having you know a pizza once a month you might have it once a week kind of thing so it was just a few few extra treats here or there but it was just volume i think more than anything and you know mm-hmm. a lot a lot of just a lot of food you're constantly sort of eating and how did but, you
0: feel carrying the weight
2: oh it was horrible i hated it <laughs> it might <made, laughs> i mean it was I, I think it's really important especially you know performance wise that i've always tried to sort of I think it's really important to for your performance and for an audience to believe you that you, you physically need to be you know what your character is like so if you are a fit mm-hmm. athletic sort of character you you know as an actor you need to get yourself to that point before you start shooting or you know in this case it was a you know Vikings from the 90s in New Zealand which they you know they weren't very really fit guys are big strong meatheads yeah. basically like they were really thick and I was playing a Saab, so I had to sort of command a room full of you know pretty deadly um you know island of boys and big moldy boys and so you Mm. physically needed to have that size to for that for them to even buy it so it was it was really important that we got we got that size and um but it definitely i i did notice that the the mental side of it the how it sort of leaves you feeling mentally and in mental health side of things was i thought that really took a big a big a big hit and then it was hard to sort of get back out of it but definitely the um I mean, I, was, I had energy and stuff because I was so excited to be doing this project and I'd worked so hard to get it. So it was more about just coming out of it, you know, Oof. feeling quite, just really feeling, feeling really shit, shit about yourself just because of, the, you know, not having the energy or, you know, yeah. terrified to go, actually go into work at home and away when... <laughs> you've, yeah, you've gone great. up to too close sizes, so. but I mean, you know, it was all for the job, and I, I'm, I'm happy that I'd do it if I like believed in yeah. the project, I'd do it again. So
1: yeah, and the the images from that um, that film is just they're crazy. You got face tattoos, you're um, you've got like some sort of mullet going on there. You yeah. look you look you look it looks incredible. Like, and you know you, yeah, you like, can tell if you were a slim sort of yeah, you know, guy, you, you wouldn't like you say you wouldn't sort of believe it as much. Follow. Jake on Instagram to see some of these images, Jakey underscore Ryan. They are there. You look the part and some.
2: Yeah, I mean they did a great job. They had an amazing costume designer from the, you know, in a, an Oscar award winning team, and makeup artist was amazing, and it was yeah, that all. I mean, all half the work was done for you. you. You sort of put all that kid on, and yeah, and the and the, the face tats, and you you instantly you just feel like a different person, and um, yeah, you know that sort of plays. A lot on your on your psyche as well, and but it it, it does it um, visually it, did, it, it looks great. So I just hope the performance is up to scratch when it comes out. I actually haven't seen it yet, so oh,
1: awesome! Well, we look forward to that. Is there a release date for it, or is it all just yeah, well, sort of up in the air at the moment? Yeah, it's a it's, strange time for entertainment.
2: It should have been. I mean, it should have been out in New Zealand now. And then very soon to follow in Australia and hopefully awesome. um, Europe, Europe and, and, and the US. But this has all sort of put everything on hold. So yeah. um, I don't know. They're hoping for potentially an August release in New Zealand. So
0: Can I ask about undoing that weight? What was the first thing that you, when you decided, okay, well, now it's time to get this weight off and you know for all of our listeners out there there's probably a lot of people feeling you know they've gained weight whether it was after having a baby or whether it was changing jobs or they've had an injury or perhaps Mm. it's something that's crept up over years it may may not be for a purpose like yours was what did you what were the first steps you took to get some of this weight off?
2: The the three easiest things was um, I just sort of I cleaned up my diet straight away. Mm-hmm. I cut out booze. I mean, because you know, like yeah. I, you'd, you'd have four or five beers without sort of thinking about it, you know, a night after after filming or whatever. So little things like that. I cut out the booze, clean the food up, but just started slowly. Started so I just started walking. You know, getting an hour and hour and a half under my belt every every morning. Or oh um, wow, and it's sort of I find if I if I can stick to a pretty simple. Like I, I I think I know my body now that it's sort of, you burn more than you put in. It's not, it's not a, it's not rocket science. So it's, you know, I, I just really, it's mentally, it's hard to sort of keep that, get that diet back to normal because you know you're so free with what you're eating and the amount that you're eating that to then sort of cut it down that was that sort of hard bit i mean i don't mind doing the training and that sort of Hmm. thing it's for me it's the um it's probably the size you know i mean we even now we eat pretty healthy portion control do a lot of cooking but you know like i'll cook and i'll you know you'll cook a bit extra to sort of save just to save time for the next over during the week with the kid but it's sometimes it doesn't last that long so (laughs) 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 and
0: by cleaning out the Diet. So obviously the pizzas went, but what else? What were the the key things that you immediately went, I'm not going to eat that now Um,
2: because I've uh, got a new goal? I don't really have a sweet tooth so okay. sugar's not really an issue for me I mean actually chocolate is a bit of an issue but not like cakes and biscuits and all that kind of stuff or fizzy drinks. Um, I think more me it's more like the um, the savoury things like I would, the breads and, and pasta mm. and, and, and rice and sort of big helpings of that sort of stuff um, and I just don't have it in the house like if I, if I need to lose weight for something I, I won't buy bread because I'll sit there and eat the loaf before it's you know, before lunchtime and <laughs> um, <laughs> if it's not there I, I find <laughs>
0: It's a lot easier so well you know oh. what you're going to get in your be fit food box we've got some um new protein bread that's just come out oh, and, oh beautiful yeah it's got uh, around 150 calories for two slices 17 grams of protein and only two grams of carbs so it's all protein And it's really high in dietary fibre. So if you overeat it, you'll just get rid of it on the toilet. And if you're weight training, it will help you put on lean body mass. But the other thing is you probably can't overeat it because it's gluten-free. So if you've ever tried any gluten-free bread before, it's, you know, it's not fluffy. It's not light. Mm. Um, But it's got three egg whites per two slices. So it's good toasted um you know put some avocado tomato on it it's a way of having bread that's not bread and getting some good food in like lupin that's good for your gut and almond meal and it's got a bit of protein in it so it's a you know a substitute i guess but certainly nothing like bread as you know it
2: (laughs) well i found it if you get the good protein breads like that or there was a rice Mm. bread that i was i was getting i found up in sydney at one of the health food stores there and it was only small, but you'd only need one or two slices of it. You don't feel like yeah. you have to... So I think... And it, also educating myself of different substitutes you can have for things that you, you know, potentially devour all the time. So finding sort of those kind of breads, I think, has been really helpful for me anyway. So I'm really I'm really excited to taste that. That'll be great. Nice.
0: Yeah, and, and I love that you cut out the addictive foods. So carbs for our brain fill this pleasure centre. They spike our blood sugar levels and... Um, obviously drinking alcohol actually does sort of the opposite it goes to the pleasure center but it reduces blood sugar levels and it makes us really hungry and crave carbs so your natural reaction without necessarily you know reading through literature and science was you knew those foods were addictive and you obviously don't have one of those personalities that has that addictive personality so you just remove the things that your body was craving and moved on but a lot of people can't do that so what tips would you give them
2: well I think just because I've done it a few times so I've seen the results and that's the hardest thing I think with anything is until you actually start seeing the results and then feeling better or going you know a size down in your jeans or something or a notch on your belt it's it's that first sort of three weeks four weeks that's all you know mm. two weeks that's really hard to keep going but I mean doing it as an athlete for years going up and down different weight divisions and then you know i've successfully done it a few times with jobs it's i I think i get that that the motivation's a bit easier because i've i've seen it before and i know it Mm. works for my body and that's the hard thing i mean everyone's so different aren't they like what might work for me might not work for someone else but then it also Mm. now that i'm 36 it might i might have to start doing something different or changing my diet in a different way because my body's reacting to it you know not the same as it did two years ago so so
0: true
1: take us back to taekwondo the taekwondo years a 10-time champion pursuing an olympics birth um, and you did that from a young age when did you start and and what kind of training and stuff was involved in that you know compared to you know dropping up and up and down weights for for, being an athlete compared to just for, for looks
2: Yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, I find it very hard sometimes to um, be motivated by that aesthetic sort of side of it. It sort of, it actually irritates me about the industry a lot. So it's, I mean, when, when you, when you have a sport or something like that or a goal or a um, a competition that I was heading towards, you know, I, I really, I I love the training and used to dig in, but yeah, I do find sometimes The industry side of things it's especially when you know i mean it's unrealistic that people are running around with washboard abs all day every day every day of the year and you know i mean like it's you can be fit and healthy but i think there's certain unrealistic expectations that um within the industry that I mean, I'd rather get a job on my merit than <laughs> you know what I looked like. So, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, this, for the fighting days, I mean, I I started when I was five or four, no four. So when I was four, my uncle was the Australian champion at the time, and I idolized him. So um, I got in there pretty early and got my black belt when I was nine. Um, and you were the youngest the,
1: person at the time in Australia. correct? Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah,
2: I'm sure there's a, a million other eight year olds out there now. But <laughs> that was you know that was quite a few years ago. And, and then I didn't. I started competing not until i was sort of 15 i started like actual competition sparring and then you know i, I made a, a junior national team and that's sort of where it really all kicked off i got to go overseas and fight you know the best fighters from other countries and just that buzz and i was com- addicted to international competition from that moment on and and that pretty much you know single mindedly focused and driven from sort of 16 to to getting to the olympics at all costs you know it was we we had a really good program um then as well too so you were they're great strength and conditioning coaches and dietitians. Mm. Um, there was a lot of sort of sports science involved in it as well, which was great because you weren't. It wasn't just kicking up and down a hall kind of thing. So there was a lot of other aspects, and you know the, the running training and. Um, but we were training six hours a day with the national team, yeah. five days a week, well, and well. You, you know it's a, you're not getting paid a cent for it. So it's you you genuinely just loved it, yeah. and, and then you'd be away at competition every sort of five weeks or something, or you'd be in a training camp and. Yeah, it was it was an awesome time. I mean, I don't think until until it's over and you look back at it, you think how lucky you are to have that kind of experience as a young kid.
0: And what that must have done for your resilience, like I think the big key for a lot of people listening here is you did five days a week of six hours a day of training for an unpaid goal. You Mm. drove yourself to do that without being paid just because you had your own goal and your own desire to do something and that must have built a lot of resilience in you, particularly as a child, in those younger years to put yourself through that without any other rewards and that than self and that's I think a really big thing for anyone who's listening you know they they might think they need to change themselves because someone else thinks something of them or because they think they need to aspire to what someone else has done but it should be about you and that's Mm. obviously what motivated you
2: yeah I think I mean I'd, (laughs) I'd, I'd love to have all that motivation back now but it's um I mean, it's still there. It's just asleep at the moment, I think. But I think the key to it was that I loved it so much. I enjoyed it so much and I had so much passion for it. And I, even now, um, you know, I don't necessarily have that drive. I wish I did. But... See, so what it what I think what it taught me with especially with exercise and so if you've got to actually be enjoying what you're doing, um, mm. you know, if, if running drives you up the wall and you hate running, like find something else that that you enjoy doing because it's I couldn't sustain that even now if I if I didn't enjoy the actual activities that I was doing, you know, whether it's go play basketball instead or you know, do go swimming if you hate if you don't like running or just find what actually. Yeah, you yep. because you're a tick common and,
0: theme in a you know, yeah. podcast Jimmy mm-hmm. brings this up every single time I just love yeah. going
1: to kick the footy and just kicking yes. the footy slotting <laughs> some goals if I've got a friend to play with even better we'll just try and hit but, each other up and,
2: <laughs> and you you we're away until you're a bit older that going to have a kick of the footy is, <laughs> mm. takes, a, it it's takes <laughs> a lot more <laughs> when you were a kid and you used to do it for 10 hours exactly exactly um, and know, I think there's look.
1: these strange connotations with like exercise and that you have to go to the gym and you have to maybe be doing whites and you know, people get a treadmill for their home. i like, I couldn't think oh, of. Go
2: for a walk. For, to me, and, yeah. yeah. If,
1: if you like walking, go somewhere. Or um, I, I know some things are convenience based, but it's just do what you enjoy. And yeah, exactly. It's, and it, it's, it, it's, it seems you'll so get simple. Get longevity but, out of it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It seems I mean, so I think
2: simple. that comes down to diet too. Like, if you this is what I really enjoyed about the BeFit food the last because I've done it a few times, and is the food's actually really enjoyable. And I'm not just saying this, Kate, because you're here. But It's really tasty. <laughs> good food so it, it you don't actually feel like you're going on a diet or lacking something but if you're you know giving yourself a strict diet of eating broccoli and chicken breast and that's it for six weeks it's going to be hard to sustain because it's not you know you've got to enjoy it i think you've got to enjoy it like you got to enjoy, i love my food you know my partner's italian i couldn't not yeah could not love the, <laughs> my food but it's um yeah i think just finding what you what what you enjoy and what, you, what you're passionate about is, is really key.
0: Yeah, and obviously what makes you feel good? And I must you know, when you were talking about feeling really good with the training, well, exercise actually has that effect on our brain. It, it has a neuroplastic effect. It actually helps us create brand new brain cells yeah. And it also remodels the brain cells that we have. So if we've got, you could almost say it's unhealthy brain cells, you know, cells that are linked to depression or anxiety, all of that rewiring can be done through exercise. You can change mm. the chemical output in your brain and the neuroplasticity, you can remodel your brain through exercise. And they've shown this in so many studies. Do you feel it's
2: really it? It's certainly. So That's like I've... The first month of this isolation, I have sort of haven't really done anything and was getting quite sort of, you know, down and, you know, not feeling the best about everything. But it, even I remember the first session I did a week ago, um you know within 20 minutes of finish it you can you, you can you sit down and feel completely different like your, your motivation's up you're clearer you're, you know you, you're, you're more positive it's it's pretty amazing how it has a really an instant effect as well
0: yeah and alcohol i think for people they've turned to alcohol when they're feeling low and it's it's been all over the media yeah it's on every bus shelter is advertising bottles of wine and things like that which i've never really noticed before but now it's so blaringly obvious and you know, people feel this need for alcohol. I know so many people that never really drunk and they're drinking seven you nights a week now. Yeah. yeah.
2: Mm. And well, we were, exercise I was even,
0: can take that away.
2: Exactly. I mean, I've never been a, a midweek drinker at all, but I fell into that boat the first couple of weeks of, of this. So, You know, I was finding myself having even a glass or two every night. And, you know, it's just, um, you know, it, yeah, it's. I was talking to a friend about it the other day and, you know, he's he deals a lot with um his own sort of mental health issues and mm. you know he was just saying how he's finding himself just drinking more and more and more and like to you know to make himself feel better and that. but it, you know he, he, he did understand finally that it's it's only actually going to make you feel worse I mean I love a drink mm. more than anyone don't get me wrong but I think it's important in these times too you, you, you really have to look after ourselves and yeah. physically and mentally more so than most people have probably had to before so yeah um,
0: and it is easier to pour a drink than it is to go for a 60 or ninety walk that you're doing or to you know go (laughs) to the gym or something like that so it's it's an easy thing to do but it's so highly addictive and the effects that it has on our brain and what it does to us you know our nutrition gets depleted so it actually depletes b vitamins and lots of other things out of the body but it also gives us these cravings so people are eating foods they would never usually eat because they're drinking more they're craving foods that are not as healthy so it's, I think alcohol seriously needs to be addressed and it's something that, you know, it's come to the forefront in the media, but I think it's socially acceptable at the moment and people aren't really changing behaviours unless they personally think, actually, no, I can't do this anymore. But society's going, no, that's okay. You can drink every night nice. So, everyone's doing it.
1: I'd love to get some of your favourites off here. What is your favourite food
2: now that i have an italian partner <laughs> yeah, i've always loved italian food but i'm because now i'm actually learning how to cook good italian food it's really not oh. good you know and alice is she's she's a great she's an amazing chef and her mum sort of teaches me a few of the you know the, the homegrown recipes and um so that's sort of definitely a, a favorite of mine but mm. um yeah italians and italians for my weakness sort of a good a good pizza or a, or a bowl of pasta, or, um, I've yeah. got to stop following these Italian chefs on Instagram too. Cause- <laughs> Uh, this particular chef up in Sydney, um, he owns Dorazio and Mateos, and he's cooking all their food on various social media and giving you the recipes and that. And I just, we just sit there drooling over these pastas. And, <laughs> so I think, um, I think I need to, for my own mental health, I need to, uh, I need to ban Italian chefs from my feed.
1: What about a drink? Any, any type of beverage?
2: I love a, I love a cold beer. That's mm-hmm. probably my, you know, beer is my go-to. I do like, I'm, I love, I love wine as well. So with food, like I like, I like a good red with food. Um, and then I don't mind whiskey, sort of good whiskey as well. So, I mean, I, I used to run a cocktail bar years ago in Sydney. So my right. cocktail drinking days were uh, done and dusted. I saw how much damage they can do to you <laughs> to your, po- your hip pocket, your waistline, and your head. So I, um, but yeah, I mean, I, nothing just beats a good cold crisp beer, that, you get from a pub when you sit at the bar and have, which I'm really looking forward to doing one day when yeah. it all opens. But yeah, that or that, beer or a, a nice beer or a, a good glass of red. Nice. It's and probably my go-to.
1: And what have you been watching, or have you been entertaining yourself at home these
2: days? Well, the good thing is, I mean, it's we moved house a month ago, and where we moved is quite isolated, and there's no internet down here. Um, and yeah. I actually quite enjoyed it. But since the internet's came up, I've. I've gone through the last dance with the michael jordan Doco. Yep. i'm um, i'm up to date with that one as desperately well, so. hanging for the last two episodes. oh, so, oh it's amazing it's so, so nostalgic good. and
1: oh so um, nostalgic what did you say you're 36 yeah you would have been right right
2: in the yeah match. right in the heart of it but just sort of seeing like yeah i i, I just find it fascinating too yeah. to get into the minds or not to the mind but get a closer view on some of the you know the, what these guys are like and what drives them and, yeah um you know because you don't get yeah. to see that you just see the the guy slam dunking—you don't get to see all yeah. the stuff behind it. It's yeah, it's really fascinating, and
1: I, I find it fascinating as well because you know I'm I'm just a few years younger than you, but yeah, or Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, the Bulls—we all got it here. Magic, the yeah. uh, Orlando Magic, Magic, Charles Barkley—they're yeah. yeah. all just like I used to. They used to play the Nintendo, and their faces yeah. were all over it, and it's so nostalgic. Yeah. Um, but it yeah, we—I guess we didn't as kids. You know, we didn't get the media thing. You know, the, his press conference when he, you yeah. know, when he's um when he retired and went to baseball. I, Yes, we sort of heard about it, but it's it's foggy. I like you say. I remember the video games. I remember him yep. slam dunking <laughs> and seeing all the highlights. But it is great. I mean, as you if you're an adult at that time, you might have gone through it and lived through that a little bit more. But I find it learned so much, which is
2: great. What else? Oh, I mean, what did I watch? I watched it. Yeah, it's uh, don't. F.U.C.K. with cats was great. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, I- uh, <laughs> it's, it's so twisted. It's a doco. Great. Um, I won't tell you anything about it, but yeah, that'll that'll waste a few hours of your life.
1: Ooh, nice. Um, it's on
2: the list. But it's really twisted. Like it's Ooh. it's pretty shocking what actually goes on. Um, what else? I actually watched. I watched Chris Hemsworth's new film the other night, Extraction.
1: Oh yeah, I saw that too. I watched. Oh,
0: it. that was, cool. was good. I saw that. Yeah.
2: I don't normally love watching those action kind of films. I mean, they're the dream role to to do. I'd love to play those characters, but
1: yeah.
2: um, it was just a good bit of you know, good bit of escapism. And
1: yeah, Chris Hemsworth beat up a whole bunch of people. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was the, the action was the fight choreography was really good. That's yeah. what someone told me about the fight choreography. So,
1: what about um, what you um, what you're, what you're listening to? What kind of music are you
2: into? My Alice is a DJ, so it's she's Ooh. always got amazing music selection playing, and yeah, you know, sort of electronic music. She's we've always got that going. But what if I've been listening to a lot lately? I've been listening to a lot of um. Tiffan, your music changes with the kids. So at the moment, he loves um, <laughs> he, loves Bob, he loves Bob. We put Bob Marley on. Oh, ah, nice. There's usually a bit of Frank Sinatra going on during the day. Oh yeah, Yeah. Um, smooth. And then what? Then there's you know, what else? (laughs) The Lion King. um, (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, little sort of more kid stuff. But yeah, I think. um, I mean, I like a a good mix of. I don't really listen to too much modern music, to to be honest. It's Mm. a lot of sort of stuff I was brought up with, with you know, like blues and, BB King and Muddy Waters. um, Mm. Who else? And then there's like Neil Young. Stuff I think my dad used to listen to. I grew up with. I think mm. that's sort of more where I my taste is sort of going now. But I mean, I do like I do like electronic music. Some of there's some really cool stuff out yeah. there that I would not have known existed if I didn't um, if Alice didn't bring it to my attention.
1: Those early years are so are so influential in your music thing. I say yeah, I just listen to whatever. I, to
2: you yeah. <laughs>
1: just the, you don't you don't discover anything new. You discover it all in your teens, and then that's it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a list for the rest of your life. And you're an artist. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, I haven't painted for a long time. Um, well, that was what I originally wanted to do when I left school, go to art school and paint. And um, I worked out pretty quick that it's very hard to make a living out of being an artist. So I went over to graphic design and did that for a while. But coming from a Steiner school where your, yeah. com- your computer skills were pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty bare to start with, let alone jumping into like university level designing, um, I fell behind pretty quickly and, and dropped out of that as well. So and then I I started painting a bit more and I had an exhibition with my dad. He's an architect that does a lot of printmaking and and etching and stuff like that. Yeah. So we had a bit of a joint exhibition a few years ago, oh. which he sold out. I think I only sold one piece, so <laughs> um, and I, I actually haven't um I haven't painted uh, since. I think it's just I mean people are turning to it a lot in this isolation, which is really mm-hmm. good to see. Mm-hmm. Doing a lot of painting, especially I've got mates that have been doing, you know, group painting sessions that never picked up a paintbrush before. But it's it's really good I think for you, for your mind and also for for your mental mental health. I think painting's really it's a really, um, really strong tool for, for the mind.
0: Mm. Awesome. I must say, looking at your Instagram feed, what a sucker for a sunset or a sunrise! You oh, have got Eight yeah. for them. I'm like, know, where's the it? art? And then I'm like, no, it's all it's all pictures. Yeah,
2: that's that's um, that's Steiner school education for you. <laughs> ah. <laughs> getting getting forced to uh, every school camp or anything, you're you're watching the beauty of every sunrise and sunset. And yeah, I got to the point where I hated it for a while, <laughs> and then not until I got a bit older. That, you know you actually slow down and uh, appreciate uh, I mean I think there's nothing more beautiful than a sunset or a sunrise it's it's yeah. and it's there for free for everyone once in the morning and once at night it puts a lot it's of awesome. things into perspective I think Definitely. it's really uh, makes you realise how small and <laughs> insignificant we actually are
1: and, uh, 100% and the, you know, worries is, yeah, yeah.
2: worries and it's you know there's a bit of paradise sitting out there waiting for everyone to watch mm-hmm. at night time for you know half an hour, and it's different every time. That's what I love about them, I think, because you'll never see the same sunrise sun or sunset twice. Good,
1: awesome, so okay. good.
0: What a nice way to finish, yeah. hey.
1: it's The sun sets on this podcast. So <laughs> say thanks, Jake Ryan, uh, Jakey underscore Ryan on Instagram. Uh, it's a great feed. Lots of sunsets. Lots of pictures of your beautiful kid. <laughs> And, yeah, it's a um, bit of
2: a uh, baby spam. So that's, that's about all that goes on there these days. So. I love it Holmes. though. You've got
1: you dressed in your savages film as a like a bike-y, <laughs> and then you've got you and your son, and then there's some sunsets, and then <laughs>
2: it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's great. Confused and a confused individual.
1: That's <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, thanks for joining us today and give us some no, insight into your me. life. I really
2: appreciate it. It was good fun and. Um, Kate, I was there. It was good. I look forward to starting this 28-day challenge. So, um, yeah, excited up, so, to have you yeah, on board. Yeah, very good. Very excited. Thank you. Awesome. Cool, I man. I've just got to make sure I don't eat all the, all the meals in blanks. That's my biggest challenge for this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pack in <laughs> a few to,
0: extras.
2: Try not to eat all the protein balls in one day. In one day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just so good. They yeah. are good.
0: Yeah. We'll <laughs> fill you um, up with that gluten-free protein
1: bread.
2: It'll mm. yeah, start you full. <laughs> i very much look forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks. All right, guys. You Have
1: take care. care. We'll Speak
2: soon. soon. Yep, likewise. See ya. See you,
1: mate. See The Eat Yourself Better podcast is brought to you by Be Fit Food. Visit befitfood.com.au for more information.
0: Eat Yourself Better podcast is brought to you by BeFit Food, where food is the first medicine.